You're listening to Half Stack Highlights, a blogcast dedicated to showcasing the latest in indie talent, business, and creative opportunities for the dreamer in you. We bring you intimate conversations with up-and-comers, entrepreneurs, and fellow dreamers alike, and we're based right here in Chicago. In today's episode, our director of digital content, Sophia Sanchez, interviews YouTube personality, knockout mama, and fitness guru, Sabrina Victoria, who recently had one of her YouTube videos showcasing water infused with fruit featured on the Dr. Oz show. She is an inspiration of women who want to get on the right track to caring for themselves, their family, and making the best decisions for their body. In this episode, they talk about health, fitness, and being the best that we can be. Okay, so um, I have um, just a few questions for you. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into fitness? Yeah, I um, am 31 years old. Uh, I have a 10-year-old son. So about 11 years ago, um, I found out I was pregnant. And uh, I've always been healthy uh, for the most part. I was raised in a household with another sister, and uh, she was always very thin. Uh, Not that I was fat, but um, she was extremely thin, like skeleton thin. She was one of those people that has a crazy fast metabolism, and I had a slower metabolism, and so I was always fighting uh, to compete with her, not... um, in a mean way, but just mentally, I was always in a race with her, I felt, to, um, to be thin. Mm-hmm. And um, so I always had to watch what I ate. I always had to exercise in order to stay um, looking decent standing next to her as her, her sister. And, um, you know, so I've always had it in my life. But I didn't always eat super well. Um, the way that I compensated for it was I exercised a lot. I was a cardio fanatic, and um, uh, once I got pregnant, um, that's when everything changed for me. I fell in love with the fact of having a a little one in my tummy, and I wanted to do everything and anything possible to make sure that he had everything that he needed to be the best that he could possibly be, so... I dove headfirst into all sorts of health books and educated myself and Googled everything possible. And, um, you know, it's been a long journey. You know, I'm still changing. I'm still adapting. I don't think I will ever quit reading and and changing, you know, the way that I I view the health and fitness industry. Um, I think it's amazing the people that have helped uh, mold the industry into what it is now. And I uh, plan and inspire to be one of those people that, um, you know, helps others see the light, uh, not only for themselves, but for their children. You know, we, um, it's important. You know, I believe that there's a lot of people out there that um, they're just not doing the best possible job that they can do as far as raising their children um, in a healthy, in a healthy light to, to allow them to be able to be the best they it can be, and I think it's unfortunate, and it makes me very sad, and I strive to be a voice for the children and an advocate for, for the children, um, you know, as well as the women out there. You know, it's interesting that you say that, because I think back to, um, you know, the, the way that I grew up, and, you know, I 
came from an awesome family. My parents are amazing. But um, I think it was a different time, you know, when I was growing up. And, like, you know, I had candy, soda all the time, you know. I'd have a soda right before bed and it would be no big thing. Um, But now there's so much information out there. Um, You know, we know the dangers of of what sugar can do, um, you know, to anyone, but especially children. And yet you still see those kinds of things happen all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't know any better. You know, I had a conversation with my son uh, last year where I was on the front tears um, during the conversation. But, you know, he was telling me about how they were starting to run the mile, you know, third grade last year. And, um, you know, they're, they're running a mile, you know, in gym class. And he was telling me about this little girl who was crying after class. And apparently she was crying because um, she was the last one to finish the mile. And there was a few comments that were made about how she was last. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I asked my son, uh, assuming, which may or may not be correct, but assuming that the individual or the the little girl was overweight. And, you know, he said, yes, she is overweight. And I made it very uh, visual for him as far as explaining uh, the importance of not poking fun, especially at children who are overweight. And this is what angers me so much, and I could go on and on about this for hours, but, you know, children have, and this is what I explained to my son, children have no money. They don't have a job, and they don't know anything other than what their parents teach them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was explaining it to him. I was like, you know, do you have money to go grocery shopping? And he's like, no. And I'm like, do you have a car to go grocery shopping? And he's like, no. And I'm like, you know, these kids have no way of knowing, no way of buying, and no way of getting to an environment where they can uh, purchase foods that are good for them. So they are forced into eating the food that is available to them, which is the food that their parents buy them. And unfortunately, (laughs) a lot of times, those foods are poisonous. And the children don't know any better. And, you know, I emphasized it uh, ten times over that, you know, it's not uh, appropriate to ever, ever make fun of children who are overweight because it is not their fault. Right. It is um, It is only the parents' fault, and, and I think it's very sad, and it, it frustrates me a lot. Um, no, I completely agree. Um, so now, um, do you, I think Jenny mentioned that you work as a yoga instructor, is that correct? I have worked for LA Fitness. Uh, I worked for LA Fitness uh, in Chicago, uh, in Pennsylvania, and in Florida. And I did um, spinning. I was a spin instructor for many years. And I taught yoga. Uh, I substituted yoga classes where the yoga teacher was not available to teach. Um, I, am just, I am certified through LA Fitness, but I am not officially certified um, you know, through any sort of association other than LA Fitness. Okay. Um, I am working on my eighth 
certification at the moment um, to become a personal trainer. Not necessarily that I want to become a personal trainer, but I want to have that under my belt so I can move forward um, into transforming people's lives, not only physically, but also mentally and spiritually. I kind of want to take it to another level. I don't want to stop at just being a personal trainer. I want to take it to a level that is beyond that. Right. Um, now, you mentioned that you grew up in, like, the Chicago area, correct? I did, yeah, West Chicago. Okay. Um, yeah. And now you're in Florida. What part of Florida? Um, I, at the moment, I'm living in Boca Raton, Florida. Okay, kind of switching gears a little bit. Um, can you explain um, your YouTube blog, Living Fabulously? Um, I started it two years ago. Okay. Um. The reason I started it actually was because I was putting so many posts on Facebook regarding health and fitness and how I was getting healthy in my personal life. And I had floods of messages coming to me uh, weekly asking me questions about certain things that I was posting. And I would always respond with other people that I that inspire me. So I would be forwarding other people's YouTube videos or other people's blogs, uh, people that I admire, people that I read up on and follow and who I consider my mentors. And I started thinking after doing this for a few years, I was kind of like, why if these people are coming to me and asking me questions, why would I not just take my information and make it available the way that I see fit, you know, because there were times when articles were written and they were a bit wordy, and, um, yeah, you know, I liked some of it, but I didn't like all of it, you know, so I was, like, cut and paste, you know, like, certain things, and I started to kind of think, I was like, why don't I just make my own, and then when people ask me questions, I can literally just forward them my own stuff, and it kind of you know, snowballed into that, and, um, you know, I'm still creating, and I'm still thinking, you know, I was just on the phone with one of my friends um, earlier today about um, making another YouTube video, which I'm going to be launching probably within the next couple of months, and it's going to be all about um, empowering women. Um, I want to take uh, stories of women who uh, have accomplished anything and everything, who have um, gotten over things like cancer or, um, uh, you know, divorce, or raising, you know, five or six children on their own, mm -hmm. or, um, you know, being, uh, having a house burned down, having disease, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, and overcoming it and becoming who they are today. And I, and I want to take uh, these women and give them a platform to share their story, because throughout the last couple of years, I have had so many women pour their hearts out to me over Facebook message and things that you would never think just looking at them on Facebook mm -hmm. and how happy and beautiful their families are and the things that they've endured and the things that they've gone through. And I want to create a platform where they can speak and they can tell their story and um, they can inspire others who are going through the same exact thing because we are all one in the same. We all have issues. We're all dealing with um, things internally or externally that 
people don't necessarily know about, and sometimes we think we're the only ones, and sometimes we get really down on ourselves, and we get really sad, and we give up. And I think it would be great if we can allow um, a, a place where women can come and tell their story so that others can hear it and realize that there is a future and that there is a place beyond where they are now, where they can get to, and um, give them something to look forward to. So that's something that will be coming up soon that I'm so freaking excited about. I can't even stand it. I wish I could just jump into it right now, but, you know, I've got a lot going on just with my 9 to 5 and, right. you know, my well, little guy. First of all, I think that's that's really commendable. I, I love that idea. Um, but it's interesting because I don't know if Jenny mentioned this to you or not, but our summer issue is actually, the theme of our summer issue is empowerment. Um, really? Yeah, and um, not just necessarily, um, you know, women empowerment, but, um, you know, that's definitely one aspect of it. Um, just empowerment as a whole, we're featuring, um, you know, brands, entrepreneurs, um, artists, designers, philanthropists, um, you know, we're sharing their stories, um, you know, that we've chosen like a handful of people that we think um, are inspiring, not only themselves, but, you know, empowering the people around them through through charities or through whatever it is that they're doing. It would be absolutely amazing if there could be, um, you know, a connection between the two. I would love to be part of that. Yeah, um, I'll talk to Jenny about it. Our issue actually goes live on June 17th. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely loop her in and we'll see what we can do. That's amazing. Um, okay, so back to some questions. Um, uh, this particular month, um, Halfstack, you know, it's also interesting that you mentioned earlier that, you know, you want to take your uh career in fitness to another level and not just focus on the physical aspect, um, you know, but kind of incorporate the mental, um, and spiritual health of people. Um, this, this month particularly half stack is focused on stories that center around this idea and spirit of revival with it being spring and summer being around the corner. Um, people seem to want to, you know, kind of cleanse themselves, this idea of out with old and in with the new, um, and I think to a certain extent, people know that they need to eat healthy and exercise. Um, but what tips can you offer someone who may be struggling to get into the right frame of mind, um, you know, to kind of take that step and take control of their overall health? For sure. Um, I love the fact that you stated and you brought up the word mind because that literally is what it's all about. Um, I believe, and this is kind of touching on where I want to take this, so this is great that we're talking about this, but it's not just about the app. You know, a lot of people think, you know, with the personal training, for instance, you know, if I just get to the gym, work out, I lose weight. And not that that's not true, that it's 100% true. If you work out every single day, you will lose weight. You know, if you eat right, work out, you will lose weight. But, you know, I believe that you have to raise your standards. And this is, I think, where people fail. Um, people always live up to their standards. You know, as far as money goes, um, you know, I always liken it to um, Donald Trump. You know, Donald Trump 
not to seem like I'm getting sidetracked here. It does make sense. Donald Trump <laughs> um, was a billionaire, and he um, lost all of his money, as a lot of people know. Mm-hmm. He went bankrupt and lost everything. And um, not even a few years later, bam, he's a billionaire again. Right. Not a millionaire, but a billionaire. And, you know, I always liken this to, you know, why did he not become a millionaire? You know, millionaires are well off, obviously. Probably don't have a whole lot of money issues. But Donald Trump's standards are higher. He is a billionaire. And if he became a millionaire, more than likely he would feel poor. And I think that's what it's about, is you have to raise your standards. You can't allow yourself to feel like it's okay to be, you know, if you're wanting to lose weight, you know, 40 pounds, or you wish that you were 40 pounds lighter. Mm-hmm. Not only do you have to get to the gym and work out and eat right, but you have to mentally change who you believe you are. By changing your state of mind and changing, raising your standard to a point where being 40 pounds overweight is not acceptable. Just like for Donald Trump, being a millionaire is not acceptable. He is a billionaire. So it's not about, you know, taking, it is about taking the step, but it's not just about taking the step. It's about actually coming into the frame of mind where, you know, being 40 pounds overweight just is not, it's not available. There is no other way. You know, being healthy and being fit is the only way to be. And once you can grasp that and make it real for you and make it a standard for you and bring it so high into your standards that you bring your spouse and you bring your family into that same standard, then there is no going back. You know, like, I would never sit down ever again and drink a soda pop, even though that was part of my normalness. Mm-hmm. We're all growing up. I drank pop, I ate candy, I ate Twinkies, I ate Oreos. All of that was normal for me. But I raised my standards slowly as the years have progressed, and never, ever would I even imagine doing that again because I've raised my standards and my normal is different than the way that it used to be. I have a new normal and I think that's where people need to to really uh, to really focus more on that. Right. You know, what is your normal and changing that. And kind of on that same, uh, I guess, subject, um, I think what one of the things that kind of discourages people a lot of the time, you know, and it kind of ties in with this changing what you consider normal is that, well, first of all, people don't like change. Um, But aside from that, um, people also want instant gratification. So, you know, they decide to become healthy and they don't see immediate results. They quickly become discouraged and then just give up. Yeah. What, you know, what advice do you have for people as far as like 
you know, sticking with it? Um, it, <laughs> it sounds super cliche because everyone's heard this before, and I hate to even say this, and I wish I had something more clever to say on the spot, but quite honestly, it's as simple as it took you how long to get this way. It's going to take you at least that long, if not double, to lose it again. So um, that's something that I know everyone has heard and are probably rolling their eyes at at the moment. But, um, you know, that is what it is. It it took a certain amount of time to put it on. Um, You have to give yourself and be patient. Um, Enjoy the journey. Um, A lot of what I do is I latch on to the fact of inspiring others. Um, it's always good to give. And if you can um, speak outwardly about losing weight, um, speak outwardly about um, helping your family or helping your friends do the same thing um, and become a voice for them, a lot of times uh, you almost force yourself to continue on the path because you have so many people looking up to you. Um, I use that, honestly, a lot, and I don't necessarily consciously do it, um, but I do notice it happening, Um, you know, because I am so open and honest about my journey and where I'm going, I'm almost forced to stay on the journey, Mm -hmm. because I have so many people going to me now, I can't just sit down and eat a Twinkie anymore, because people would be like shocked out of their mind if they ever saw that, you know, even when we're out to eat, um, you know, there are times, you know, that dessert looks amazing, and we're out with people, and it's not necessarily that I'm doing it because I'm trying to prove points, but there is a part of it that that is what it is, you know, I, it keeps me balanced, and it keeps me, um, where I'm supposed to be just by voicing how healthy I am. And, and I use the people around me as, as eyes watching me, you know? Um, with that in mind, um, you know, and for the people who have, um, you know, made steps towards improve, improving their, um, their overall health and their livelihoods, um, do you think it's okay for people to still allow themselves a cheat day or a cheat meal, you know, on a weekly basis or a monthly basis? Definitely. A hundred percent. Yes. Always, always, always. I, um, you know, one of the things that I preach constantly and anybody that talks to me knows, um, I do not label myself as anything. You know, a lot of people will ask me, um, you know, are you vegan? Are you a raw foodist? Are you a vegetarian? Um, they're always trying to label me as something. Um, I refuse to be put in a box only because I think that that is the number one way to fail. I think that life is about balance and it's about enjoying your life. And if you're out with your loved ones, and, you know, apple pie is set on the table, and you really want an apple pie, goodness sakes, eat a piece of apple pie. I think that we get so caught up in labeling each other and trying to identify as something that we lose track of um, 
you know, the things that are, are enjoyable in life. Um, 100% cheat, yes, yeah, 100%. And the thing is, I actually want to take that back. called cheating. And that's the first, as I think, failure when it comes to dieting, mm-hmm. is we, we think that we're cheating. It, dieting is not, it, it's stupid. You know, I've said this on one of my YouTube videos recently. Diets absolutely suck. Like, nobody likes diets. You never hear anybody sit around being like, I'm so happy I'm dieting right now. This is amazing diet. This diet is amazing. Like, you rarely ever hear, and even if they do say something outlandish like that, it'll last probably a week and then they'll hate everything about it. It's about making little tiny changes to your eating habits and to your lifestyle that will give you eternal results. Um, So as far as cheating and as far as dieting, um, my number one rule is to get rid of that vocabulary. That vocabulary will just lead you down a path of failure. Nobody wants to be a cheater. Cheater's a horrible word. Right. And so is dieting. So don't cheat. Just have a piece of cake. Right. Not cheating. It's just having a piece of cake. You as an individual are making a conscious decision to just eat a piece of cake. That's all it is. doesn't make you bad. doesn't make you good. It just means you made a decision to eat a piece of cake. And that's okay. So now one of the arguments that you hear from a lot of people is that, um, you know, eating healthy is too expensive or that eating healthy taste is tasteless and it's bland. Um, you know, what, what's your argument against those kinds of comments? I am, I totally understand that. First of all, I want to make it a hundred percent clear that I get that. I went through a very long, extended time in my life for probably a year or two um, where food, the thought of food, literally made me ill. And it sounds crazy, but I was so discouraged with the lack of food that I thought I could eat um, because of that. You know, it's gross. You get grossed out and you get discouraged and you think, like, I can't continue just eating these four things for the rest of my life. There has to be something else. And it took a year or two, quite honestly, of me literally just wanting to throw up every time I thought of food. Um, And I, I dove into it and I started Googling. You know, I always say research, look it up, Google. You can Google anything nowadays. And I started Googling things as silly as, you know, best-tasting healthy food or best-tasting vegan food or best-tasting vegetarian food or uh, unbelievably great, gorgeous diet food. You know, anything and everything when it came to eating healthy and tasting amazing and why it took me so long to come up with that idea, I have no idea. But there are endless and endless amounts of recipes out there that are at our fingertips uh, that people are just unaware of. 
Um, I have so many vegan and vegetarian meals that I make that, oh my God, are unbelievably freaking delicious and take just as long, if not less time, to make than a regular, you know, big, huge turkey carcass on the table. So it's not any different. It's the same exact thing, same exact amount of time, um, and just as delicious. Um, Everyone in my family eats it just fine, as if it's not even anything different than normal. Um, Just today for lunch, right before I called you, I had a vegan vegan hamburger. It was black beans, um, Spanish rice, a cut-up onion, and garlic with... um, some flaxseed and some uh, ground up walnuts. And I mashed it all together into patties, put it in the oven, put it on a vegan um, piece of bread with some spinach, and gobbled it up. It was absolutely freaking amazing. And, you know, can definitely, I can easily compare it to a regular hamburger. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just as filling as a regular hamburger without the red meat. Interesting. So you mentioned, you know, that your big thing is researching. Um, as far as health and fitness information goes, there's so much information I, out there. Um, I and I think that's probably one of the things that also kind of scares people away. It's like, well, you know, people don't know what, especially if they, you know, don't know anything about, you know, the proper way to exercise or the proper way to eat. It can be very um, scary, you know, to kind of take that leap because they don't know what's going to work for them. I agree. And on that same note, there's a lot of information out there that's bad information. You know, you can't believe everything you read on the Internet. Um for those people that are kind of afraid to take that next step because of the overload of information available, what do you suggest for them? Um, I love your question. Amazing. Um, when we had first started talking here, I had stated that it's been a 11-year journey for me learning and still adapting. Um, I think that that is what's most important. Is it's not a race. We're not trying to race anybody. We're not trying to be the one who has all the answers first. Um, be patient. Uh, read when you can. Uh, make a, a adaptation or um, changes to your lifestyle um, slowly and. Uh, with things that make sense. Um, I know that there's quite a few things that I uh, am very strong-minded about that other people don't necessarily agree with, and one of those would be milk. You know, the dairy industry, I think, is one of the most obnoxious industries uh, in the world. Um... And there are other people that will completely disagree with me. Uh, I think a lot of it is what works best for you, um, what works best for your body. Um, it's taken me a long time to realize what things upset my body and what things um, 
bring joy to my body, and a lot of it is learning to listen to it. Um, a lot of it is uh, um, realizing when it wor- is working at its peak. And it, a lot of times people don't realize, you know, if you take a second after you eat a hamburger and listen and realize how you feel before and after and concentrate on it, you'll notice mm-hmm. the difference between after you eat a big, you know, three scoops of ice cream, how you felt before and after, and after you eat maybe a, an apple or a banana, and how you felt before and after. A lot of times we're such in a hurry, and we're always on to the next thing, that we don't really pay any mind to the headache that all of a sudden came upon us, or the stomach ache, or the fact that you got really tired. And you don't, we don't necessarily put the connection uh, together the way that it should be because we're just hurrying on to the next thing and it's very easy to just pop an aspirin. Right. Uh, but if you actually listen and you sit and kind of pay attention to what your body is telling you, uh, it'll tell you exactly what, it, what foods it doesn't like and what foods it does like. But you have to be willing to listen to it. To answer that, you know, there's a lot of information. I totally agree with you. And I get mixed um, reviews all the time on <laughs> certain things. And, uh, you know, a lot of it is just what makes sense to you, you know, and in, in your family and what, what works best for you. You know, a lot of the people that I follow on uh, online and that are my mentors are raw foodies. You know, they don't eat anything but raw food, raw vegetables and raw fruit. That's it. They don't eat anything that's cooked. They don't even cook their vegetables. They eat no meat. They eat no sugar. They eat no grain. They eat raw fruits and vegetables. That's it. And I am not that extreme. Um, I don't think I plan on ever being that extreme. But I take a lot of the information that I learn from them and I adapt it into my own life because I think that it's smart and because to me it makes sense. Um, you know, so I take a little bit from here and a little bit from there, and I've I've come to a point in my life where I feel amazing, and I encourage other people to do the same. One of the things that you see a lot in the media today, especially, is this whole you know Monsanto GMO, you know, the things that are going into our food that you know are really really bad for us. Um, you know, and there's. There's paleo and there's, you know, the raw foodiests that you mentioned. There's all these different things that people are saying we need to switch to, um, you know, in order to live and be healthy. Um, And I think, you know, part of the problem as far as, um, you know, making those changes in your diet and becoming more active is that when people go to the grocery store to shop, you know, they're thinking, I'm going to, um, I'm going to shop for healthy foods. And instead of going to the, you know, fruits and vegetables section, um, they buy the fat-free, you know, ranch dressing or, you know, fat-free cookies or whatever the case may be. You know, what is your thought on, um, 
you know, on genetically modified foods, um, over-processed foods that claim to be healthy alternatives? Um, well, first of all, I, uh, my opinion, nobody else's opinion, my opinion, anything that has the word fat-free or sugar-free is stupid. Um, if you if you want to eat cookies, just buy the cookies with fat and sugar in them. They're supposed to have fat and sugar in them. The only reason that you're craving the cookies is because you're craving the taste of the fat and the sugar. So if you go out and you buy cookies that are fat free or sugar free. You're just going to eat more cookies because the amount of sugar or the fat that you're looking to quench isn't in the cookies. You have to eat more in order for your brain to feel satisfied with what you eat. Um, that being said, um, don't eat cookies. <laughs> um, the reason people crave uh, all of this horrible stuff is because they're lacking in greens. Um, anytime that you are craving any sort of anything that's high in sugar, it's because your body is craving energy. And your body automatically knows that um, if it gets a spike of sugar, it will be able to pick up its energy. It's something that you don't have control over. It's something that is mentally done uh, physically inside your body. It knows when it is starting to fall from its peak. And it knows um, that if you reach for a Snicker bar or you reach for a cookie, it will automatically get that spike of sugar that it needs. Uh, however, the, uh, the reason it's doing that, like I said, is because it's craving energy. Uh, and the energy that you need is need, you, your body needs the energy from greens, which would be uh, your dark greens, like a kale or like a spinach. If you were to enter more dark greens into your body, your cravings for sugar will actually go down because the amount of energy that your body gets from all of these green foods, which is why I promote green smoothies so much, um, it, your body will not have these real high peaks of energy and real low lows of energy because the greens actually sustain you or balance your, your energy level uh, at a level that is uh, workable rather than sugar, which you know, gives you the, the spikes of energy randomly. Um, when people want to shop for healthy foods, but they turn to the overly processed, you know, fat-free, um, sugar-free gotcha. alternatives, um, you know, what your opinion was on those the 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 um the what the last thing that I kind of want to mention with that is the um this is what I always go by and this is what I live by now more than anything else ever. There's a million diets. There's a million different ways. There's pills. There's laxatives. There's fat-free, sugar-free. There's all of this stuff. There's only one thing that everybody needs to remember. Just one. And if you can remember this, and if you can enter this into your life, even just a little bit, it'll make a world of difference. And this is what it is. If the food is dead, 
which means meat, um, chicken, uh, fish, uh, grain, sugar, anything that's boxed, anything that's processed, anything that is in any sort of pre-packaged anything. It's dead food. The more dead food you eat, the faster you will die. That's it. That's it. There's, there is nothing else. When you're putting foods that are alive, when you're putting foods that are vibrant, when you're putting foods that are colorful, real colors, not color dyes, real, beautiful, gorgeous, vibrant food into your body, your body will be vibrant. It'll be alive. It'll be uh, filled with all sorts of energy because it's pulling live enzymes, live nutrients from the fruits and the vegetables that you eat. So, you know, individuals can argue with me or can uh, come to me with all sorts of things that they're getting into and supplements and all of this bullcrap that they're trying to cheat themselves um, you know, away from, from what's real. But when it comes right down to it, if the food is not from the ground and alive, when you're putting it into your body, it is dead. And the more dead things you eat, the worse your body is. The more alive things you eat, the more alive your body is. And that's all there is to it. When you're reaching for something on the shelf and you think about whether or not it's a dead food or an alive Food. Just make sure you're putting more things into your body that are alive rather than dead, and you'll be well on your way, way farther than most people are, into a, um, a healthy lifestyle. Now, I recently posted something on my Facebook um, that was, like, health-related as far as, you know, the food that, you know, we should be eating. Um, and I'll be the first to admit that, you know, there are definitely things that I need to change about the way that I eat. But overall, I try to, you know, maintain a healthy lifestyle. That being said, um, this comment that I posted on my Facebook wall, one of the comments that somebody said in return, um, you know, they made the comment that, you know, my grandfather lived to be 94 and he smoked and drank beer and ate cheeseburgers until the day he died. That was their argument for not eating healthy. Um, And it's, I mean, I guess in a way it's true. You do see people that, you know, live to be, um, you know, 90, 100 years old who, you know, indulge in unhealthy foods and activities their entire lives. And then you see on the flip side, somebody that's really, really healthy that, you know, just dropped out of a heart attack while playing basketball. Um, And, you know, I mean, it goes kind of back to what you're saying about, you know, finding a balance and what works for you. But, um, you know, do you have anything to say about those kinds of arguments? But this is the thing. Anybody who now is reaching their 70s 80s, 90s, 100s, who have lived on meat and potatoes and smoked cigarettes and drank. Um, it was a different time back then. 
Uh, McDonald's didn't come into play until 1940. Um, so you do the calculation on that, that was 74 years ago. That's when the McDonald's industry is the industry that actually changed the way that meat is being processed today. Before McDonald's, cows were actually on farms grazing, eating grass. Mm-hmm. Um, it has now revolutionized to what it is now, which is cows being stuck on cement floors, uh, herded together uh, with mechanisms hooked up to their udders to give milk, or just simply stuck in a cage eating corn and big and fat. You know, they're getting injected with steroids. They're getting injected with hormones. They're getting injected with antibiotics um, until they reach a size, and then they are hauled off by their feet and cut open and slaughtered, mass-produced way faster than they've ever been mass-produced before. Uh, Chickens are now two to three times to four times larger than they were 70, 80, 90 years ago because now they're being... Again, uh, stuck with needles that include steroids and hormones in order to uh, enlarge their breath, um, in order to make them bigger, in order for them to grow faster. Um, chickens have a life, you know, grow at a certain pace, and we have now uh, scientifically been able to uh, quicken how fast the chickens um, plump up by injecting them with all sorts of um, hormones and steroids. And what's happening is when your chicken is being injected with hormones and steroids, and then it is slaughtered and killed and put in your shelf at the grocery store, you eat it. Mm -hmm. And then where do you think those hormones and those steroids go? Do you think they're washed out? No, they go into your body, and they go into your children's body. And that is why we're so big. That's why, because we're eating the same exact hormones and the same exact steroids that are injected into our animals in order to grow them faster, at a faster rate. We are now eating, and we are now ingesting, and the American population is growing. And... uh, you know, because of the extra amount of weight that we're carrying, um, and because of all of those, who knows what kinds of hormones and steroids those even are? I don't. I have no idea. But I can guarantee you that they're not anything that's going to help you live a long-lasting life. I bet a million dollars on that. Um, no one was injecting our chickens and our cows with that stuff, hoping that the cow would live until being, you know, a hundred years old. Um, you know, they're just trying to grow them as quickly as possible so they can kill them off, feed them to us. And we're just standing here like idiots. So, you know, for all those people that think that their grandfather or their grandmother, you know, they don't realize that the food industry has changed greatly from where it was back then. The meat and potato that their grandpa or their grandma was eating was a completely different species of a cow. And the potatoes were grown in a soil that was probably a lot more fertilized. Mm-hmm. 
than it is now. And the cigarettes are probably not, you know, filled with all of the thousands of chemicals that um, are in the cigarettes nowadays. There's a completely different atmosphere. Um, so I know that we've kind of gone all over the place in terms of the questions that I've asked, but I want to get back to, um, your YouTube blog. Um, can you, uh, just give me a quick rundown of the kind of content that you feature on your blog? Sure. I, um, well, even my blog, it's obviously all health related. Mm Um, I feature a lot of what's on my YouTube um, I also feature a lot of personal experiences with myself, um, my son. Um, I talk a lot about personal stuff regarding, um, you know, my journey, basically, into this lifestyle, um, the things that I've had to endure, the, the mindset that I've had to change, um, and also a lot of questions, you know, I've, I've which ties in also to my YouTube channel, but I, I get a lot of questions from people, and I, I do have quite a few um, posts on there regarding uh, questions that have been asked to me, and then I answer them very quite elegantly um, on my blog. But it's a lot of fun. I uh, I enjoy even rereading it. Um, kind of helps me remember, you know, how far I've come, even in just the past year. You mentioned earlier, you know, that you, you're a big advocate for, like, the green smoothies. Um, what are some helpful tips um, as far as, like, you know, the kinds of foods that have worked for you um, that other people can, you know, kind of take away and try to implement in their own diets? Yeah. I think the reason I love the green smoothies so much and I I literally view green smoothie constantly as much as I can um, as far as the importance of it is because we're uh, raised in a culture where salad is the way to get healthy. And when people hear the word salad, they get all sad and depressed and sad <laughs> and more depressed. And, um, and that's not the way it has to be, you know. Uh, when you think of the word smoothie, you think of something fun and fruity, and that's exactly what they are. Um, if you visit my YouTube channel, there's probably, I don't know, at least 10 uh, green smoothies on there that are amazing, that taste phenomenal. They have a ton of green in them, and you would never know uh, because they are masked with um, the sugar uh sugary taste or there's uh, a sweetness, I shouldn't say sugar, the sweetness, uh, the pineapple and the bananas and the mangoes that I mix in there with them. They turn out to be a brilliantly colored, vibrant um, green. They're not always green, but um, uh, it's, it's a fun, uh, creative way to get uh, a lot more greens into your diet, and it's a great way to get your kids eating healthy. And a lot of times, very rarely, you see parents eating their kids' salad. Um, you know, even at the restaurant, sometimes you'll see the parents are on a diet clearly because they both have a boring salad in front of them. But then you'll see their kids sit next to them 
eating the hamburger with fries. Mm-hmm. And a heaping dose of high fructose corn syrup ketchup. And that infuriates me even more because <laughs> it's like they're being smart enough to know that they need to be on a diet and need to be eating healthy. And then their child is now getting stuffed with all sorts of good, healthy meat mm-hmm. and fried potatoes, which is awesome. Um, so it's a fun way to also get your kids to be eating. Uh, I allow my son to pick his fruits and vegetables that he's putting in his smoothie. Um, he eats a green smoothie at least once a day, if not more, uh, depending on the schedule. But he has one almost every single morning. And he's in charge of picking his own fruits. We go to the fresh food market, and he picks all of the fruits and all the vegetables that he wants in his smoothie. And... Um, you know, he, he enjoys it. He knows what he likes. And, um, you know, he knows that he has to be putting a, a dark green in there. And it turns out, you know, beautiful. It's fun for him. He enjoys creating it. He enjoys um, seeing how different ones taste. Um, and it allows him to um, to create and to invent and to, you know, feel accomplished. And then in the other aspect, he realizes how beneficial it is and how good it is for him. And, and I think he even realizes that because, um, you know, he'll even say, you know, like, I'm craving a green smoothie. Like, his body has gotten to the point and is so clean that he now craves. You know, he will not say, like, you know, my body is wanting a green smoothie. Like, it's, it's craving it. And I think that that's awesome. Yeah. So I just have one last quick question for you. Um is there anything that you want to add, um, you know, to, to you know, help inspire or motivate people uh, who may, you know, come across um, this podcast, our readers at Halfstack? Um, is there any, you know, final words that you want to leave them with? Um, I think the most important thing for anybody um whether they're already on a journey to health or whether they have absolutely no clue and this is the first time they've ever heard any of this information before. Um, I think the most important thing is, which I already said this, but um, is to realize that we're not in a race. You don't have to learn everything now in order to start getting healthy. Um, You don't have to feel overwhelmed when you Google something and all of the articles that come up and feel like you need to put it away till next month when you're not as busy um, because you feel so overwhelmed with all the information that you don't even know where to start. Um, I think most people know that eating fruits and vegetables is a good place to start. So, um, you know, as far as getting so overwhelmed with what exercises and what sort of diet and you know, as you were saying before, you know, paleo and, you know, Atkins and whatever else. I don't even know what I was, you know, South Beach diet. There's so many diets. Um, instead of being so overwhelmed with which one's best for you, uh, I think a good place to start is to go to the store, buy some fruits and vegetables that you enjoy. Nothing complicated. Most people enjoy grapes. Most people enjoy strawberries. Um, you just start out small, start out with something like that before you go to work. Um, 
bag up some grapes and some strawberries. Just start small like that. And just entering um, a live uh, fruit or rush daily um, is a good start, um, you know, to, to changing your lifestyle and heading in the right direction. And as you go, you know, make time to read an article here and there. If something pops into your head, a question or something, Google it. See, see what makes sense to you. Um, and don't be afraid to ask. You know, there's a lot of people out there that I follow, you know, even, who I'm constantly, you know, inquiring or asking questions or asking for advice or what they think. You know, nobody knows all the answers. Nobody's above anybody else. Um, we have to just kind of do what makes sense and not feel rushed. Um, realize that there's a lot of patience that goes into this and realize that it's a journey that will take years and years to develop and be okay with that and introduce it especially to your kids and your family um, and, and enter it, you know, introduce it to them in a fun way, in a creative way instead of a, I got to go on a diet again sort of way. Make it fun because that's what life is supposed to be. It's fun and enjoyable. Um, don't make it a chore. You know, make it an everlasting, fun, enjoyable thing to do. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Half Stack Highlights. Thank you to Sabrina for taking the time out of her busy schedule to talk with us and inspire us. Make sure you check out and subscribe to Sabrina's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash livingfabulously. Also, please feel free to rate our podcast and leave a comment on iTunes. Your comments and feedback will help us to grow as we develop this new outlet and will allow the podcast and the artists and people showcased to be exposed to an even bigger audience. Thanks as always for your support.